Welcome everyone to the EOS Fireside Chat for March 1st, 2023. We've got a great show for you today, packed with lots of topics. We're talking EOS EVM dates have been announced. Pomelo donations are live as of today. We got Bywire joining us talking NFTs, crypto, AI, and tech. We've got ES, EOS Respect election coming up, SOV Invaders, real-time strategy game coming to EOS, New Dex List UTX, Uplands doing all sorts of things, Graymask sharing some updates. So we've got community questions, we've got an open mic session, and all the good stuff that you can usually expect from the EOS Fireside Chats. Thanks for joining everyone. In case you didn't know, EOS is a layer one smart contract platform that is governed by its community and the only crypto network that had its foundation emerge organically from within the community years after the launch of the network. Last year, the EOS Nation Foundation hit the ground running and established some much needed funding mechanisms for the community. Finally, longtime builders in the EOS ecosystem had access to funds to build the EOS projects they loved through a variety of funded initiatives such as the EOS Recognition Grants, the Pomelo Crowdfunding Platform for Public Goods, the Direct Grant Framework for Open Source Development, the Eden Communities, and the Eden Communities Consensus Building Process. By the way, all of these EOS funding opportunities except the recognition grants are still available today. So whether you're new to our community or have been with us for years, we encourage crypto builders of all kinds, from content creators to developers, to take a look at hashtag the new EOS and find out how they can get funded while adding value to the EOS ecosystem. On top of these funding mechanisms, the EOS community also has hired the best devs in the space and helped establish a strong technical foundation for the network that is now supporting exciting projects that are in full bloom. Some of these solutions were recommended as the result of the Blue Papers research series, uh, such as Recover Plus and Yield and the Yield Plus program that are protecting qualifying DeFi protocols and boosting returns for a diverse range of DeFi protocols. We'll be talking more about EOS TVL later today. Another big accomplishment last year for the community was the successful forking of the B1 controlled EOS IO code base to the now community controlled Antelope code base. The Antelope Coalition, composed of EOS, WAX, UX, and Telos was also established and are now working together on protocol development and enabling new synergies such as instant finality and the recently released inter-blockchain communication between all Antelope chains. In case it wasn't yet clear, EOS is in the midst of an epic narrative reversal and hashtag the new EOS has the potential to become one of the most legendary crypto redemption arc stories of our generation. My name is Stefan. I'm one of the co-founders of EOS Nation. We're currently a top-ranked block producer on EOS and other antelope chains. And I'm happy and very honored to be your host for today. Thanks for joining, everyone. Thanks for joining live on Discord. we got 40 people with us already here starting out the show. We've also got people watching on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, wherever you are. We appreciate you being part of the EOS community and appreciate you tuning in to the fireside. We encourage you guys to join us live on stage anytime you want here on Discord. Share your comments, your thoughts, your questions, your reactions to the news of the week as we discuss all of these great topics. Um, and also, if even if you're not joining us on stage, you can still participate in the show by sharing awesome pictures in the chat, spamming those emojis, and helping us make the fireside as engaging as possible for people watching on YouTube. All right, so yeah, 
I guess uh, I guess we can get right into the big topics of the day. EOS EVM dates are announced. Testnet launch going live on March 27th, and then the mainnet beta going live two weeks later on April 14th. This is awesome news. So that's very exciting. Obviously, the community's been kind of active in the chats since the release of this news. Uh, the bees actually highlighted, Jesse from the bees highlighted that EOS mentions on social media actually hit an all-time high today. And I'm sure the news of the upcoming EOS EVM, the fastest EVM in crypto had something to do with that. Um, I'm going to share here a tweet from the EOS Network Foundation. If you guys haven't liked and reshared that tweet already, although 410 of you have already re retweeted it. If you haven't yet, please join the rest of us and retweet this. Let's uh, promote this as much as possible, of course. Uh, here, let me share also an image. We got Gavin in the chat sharing images of SOV invaders. Looking forward to hearing more about that later in the show. Just shared that EVM launch roadmap image. We shared the tweet. Get out there. Spread the news. Um, and yeah, lots more content coming for EOS EVM. I'm sure we'll be talking a lot more about the topic in the coming weeks, etc. And uh, yeah, at this point, let me see Zach in the house. Zach is with us. Maybe, Zach, you want to add some... Uh, some extra thoughts on, uh, yeah, EOS EVM in the upcoming weeks. Yeah, yeah um, huge relief to finally be able to give very specific dates um, with any product or project. It's, it's always, uh, there's always curveballs that can come up and getting uh, the engineering and product teams to all kind of come together. We had an all-hands meeting. Uh, we had a couple, we have two all hands meetings every single week. So it wasn't really different, but most recently um, on Monday, we Eve kind of gave everyone the directive. We need to uh, make the dates public. So kind of uh, forcing uh, a, a commitment from engineering and product and picking a date that everyone's comfortable with. It was really important that we did not put a date out publicly that we were unable to meet. We are very, very confident that we will be able to meet the dates uh, that have been publicly uh, disclosed. Uh, and the benefit of getting the dates out is that it actually accelerated a, a lot of the other uh, wheels that are in motion. For example, um, we've had some potential partners reach out who had been kind of paying attention to the EVM earlier on, for example, like in the fall, working uh, with the, for the former Trust EVM team. Um, and they picked up the conversations as soon as they saw Eve's tweets, uh, the first one before the ENF one. So it was really important. And Eve kind of, that, that's kind of what he predicted would happen and why we it was so important to get this date out because there's a lot of projects uh, who ha are, are looking towards this launch. I see Esteban on this call. He's been looking for this date for quite some time. So I'm sure he's relieved to see that date. Um, we also had two successful oh, yeah. <laughs> we had two successful uh, GameFi hackathons that were hosted by the former Trust EVM team, and uh, we're we're still going to honor uh, the the second half of their their prize requirements. So 
um, the way the hackathons work, the GameFi hackathons for the EVM in the fall, was every project um, got half of their every winning project got half of their prize money um, when they deployed it to the first testnet that we had that was already live in the fall. And if they wanted to receive the second half of their prize money, uh, they had to de to deploy their projects to the mainnet. Um, so those uh, people and projects were particularly interested in the launch date because they need to kind of make plans around that also. And just generally, you need, you need to have a goalpost or, or a North Star that you're trying to reach. So uh, now we have a target. Uh, we put out the launch roadmap. There's a couple of steps that need to happen. Um, the first step is code completion. Uh, that should be pretty obvious, making all of the final touches to the code base. Every feature that we plan to release in the mainnet launch will be finalized. Um, we didn't disclose that date because that one's more flexible. It'll be within roughly the next week or two. Um, once the code is complete, it'll be shipped off to Sentinel uh, to be audited. Uh, the code has already been audited once before. It passed an audit in the fall, um, but that was previous to the Silkworm integration, uh, the new token economy, and a few other changes that have uh, taken place since the original audit. So Sentinel will be auditing uh, the, the code once it's complete. Around that same time, we'll be launching uh, another testnet, which will be the third testnet. It'll run in parallel to the second testnet for about a, a couple weeks, uh, just to give projects a chance to uh, migrate if they need to migrate to the new testnet and capture all of their data. Uh, we will be monitoring the testnet. Um, what is it, the 27th to the 14th, however many days that is. Uh, we'll be monitoring very, very closely the testnet, taking feedback from the community, making sure the RPCs are running smoothly. And if everything goes as planned, which we expect it to, and we even uh, built in a little bit of a buffer, uh, we will be going live with the EOC VM uh, mainnet beta on uh, April 14th. And it's really good timing because EVE will actually be, um, I forget the name of the Web3 conference in Hong Kong, uh, where he will actually be uh, speaking there and uh, hosting a dinner and having uh, lots of meetings. So it's really good to be able to coordinate timelines of big events when we know that we're going to be in person, for example, uh, different conferences or, or meetups to have uh, a talking point, whether it's launching ENV or launching the EVM on mainnet. It's always nice to have a, a, a nice talking point whenever you're at these events. So all of the timing worked out really well and uh, really happy to see it moving forward. We have a couple of uh, blogs that'll come out, documentation. Um, we recorded a podcast last night, uh, Lovejoy and myself uh, hosted Areg, our director of engineering at the ENF, and Matias, uh, who you all know from EOS Argentina. And um, I guess I'll give the spoiler. We, we, we made the announcement on the podcast, but Matias uh, from EOS Argentina, uh, has joined the ENF. He will. He has been and will be continuing to lead uh, the EVM product. So awesome to have him as part of the, the team. Uh, after this podcast last night, and I, I've been part of this EVM for over a year now and, and feel like I, I know it pretty well. But even last night, uh, I mean, I'm just always blown away by the ENF engineers. They're just incredible explain things so well, especially Areg. I don't see if you're on here or not, but 
so, so always so eloquent. So I'm really looking forward to getting that podcast out. I, I believe we're targeting towards the end of next week, Thursday or Friday. So I'm not going to give too much away because a lot of the um, explanations of like what Silkworm is, the difference uh, between the previous testnet and this testnet, uh, the gas model, how we have an EOS burn mechanism, all of that's explained in great detail in this podcast. Uh, so I just uh, highly encourage everyone um, stay tuned for that uh, end of next week. Being edited as we speak. Good stuff, Zach. Love these EVM updates. Looking forward for more to, to this uh, new EVM content. Um, all right, awesome. Any uh, any thoughts from the crowd? Anyone want to jump in here, share some thoughts? Uh, yeah, let's see. Let's hear it. Uh, hey guys, uh, can you hear me? Yes, Esteban. I wasn't thinking of you at all when I asked this. Stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good. Good to hear uh, from you. You're sounding great, by the way. Oh, thank you, thank you. I was trying to get my mic fine this time. Um, so I guess I'll first, you know, say hello to everyone. I'm Esteban, and I've been working on. Uh, what is now EOS EVM for, I think it's close to a year. Um, I'm of course very happy to hear that we finally have a, a launch date. You know, I'm, I'm probably one of the happiest persons in the world when I hear, okay, we finally have a, a launch date. Um, so I think it was like close to a year when I first hear about what it was uh, by the time, uh, back then uh, it was Trust EVM. I was just like, surfing um, Twitter and just checking out things. And I was like, came across the, the news and check it out. And I remember one of the first things I did when I got curious about the uh, Trusty VM, it was like, somehow I ended up here in this fireside chat. I was like, oh, what is this? It was, it was actually a YouTube recording of it. And you guys were discussing, it was um, cell phone tokens. I don't know if you guys remember that was like a year ago, Solbon talking, discussing if it was a good idea or bad idea or whatever. And now it's really cool because I know one of the themes in uh, uh, in um, in the community, it's actually built a Solbon uh, platform. So they're doing a great job and just really happy to see that, that that's happening. And um, we had this, this just months of testing things and deploying things. We were one of the first teams that actually deployed contracts. So we deployed TrustSwap, right? And this is a, this is a clone of a fork of Uniswap. And um, one of the things, this was one of the first things I did. I, I wanted to test it. I tested some simple contracts, but then I said, okay, I need to test just something, you know, a, a bit more, will give me a better sense how things work. So I tested deploying this um, Uniswap um, uh, for it. And I was blown away of how fast it was, you know, because when you have these really fast blocks, you completely change the, um, the user experience. I mean, just try going to, to Ethereum and testing those 15 second blocks and trying to swap with super high fees on, on Uniswap and then just, then just try the, um, the five seconds testnet and you're like, you know, you don't want to use Ethereum. And then what it was like a month ago, we had this new testnet, and then again, you guys changed it things and made it even faster, one second blocks, and I was like, wow, this this makes it even better. 
So we love the new testnet and it's working really well. We deployed um, TrustSwap to it and it works really well. Uh, so that's that's a little bit of the history we had so far. Um, I have some notes here, things I want to talk about. Uh, so we deployed this um, TrustSwap and uh, on the one second testnet and it's a big improvement. And um, we're doing all, all, we tried doing something with games. We tried some simple games. I'm going to talk about the games a little bit later. And then one thing that, that made these games possible, it's the one seconds block. Because if we wanted to build this, these games, these very simple games, you guys can check it out there on our group. But if we wanted to build those games in, say, Ethereum, they will suck. They will be terrible. The user experience would just be awful. So the only reason we're able to, to bring these games to life is because we have these super, super fast blocks, right? And so, um, you know, that's how things are going with, uh, with, with our history so far. And we're seeing uh, new projects join. Uh, so we like to welcome DefiBox. I know they're like the, the big DeFi um, community or solution in, on EOS, and we're following their, their footsteps, and um, we really welcome them. I hope we can collaborate with them. There's lots of things that, you know, projects um, inside an ecosystem can collaborate, and I think there's going to be a rain of biblical proportions of other projects just joining joining. Um, they use EBM, right? Biblical proportions rain. Um, so this is how I see it. Because I've seen ah, some people in the chat are like, ah, you know what, this project is going to join and so much better because they have tons of and blah, 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 blah. We get that sometimes. And here's how I view things. You know, I, I view a community like us, like a big shopping mall. Just imagine a huge, huge shopping mall, right? Imagine if the food court there was only McDonald's. I think if, if this huge, beautiful uh, shopping mall only had a, a McDonald's in food court, maybe people would want to go to another shopping mall when there's options, right? And so what I see is that all these projects, these DeFi projects coming in and, and setting their shops in our huge mall, you know, it's great because they bring liquidity. I know, for instance, Defi, Defi Box is bringing also a... Um, lo uh, loans, which is great, you know, increase of, of liquidity and so and so on. So we see all these projects joining as um, as people we can collaborate and build with. You know, we don't really see them as a, as um, as a, something that's against us. So that's what I can say. That I have some more notes and more things I want to talk about. I'm just checking my notes here. Ah, okay, okay. So this one is really exciting. So we have some airdrops for for the community, and um, <laughs> yes, yes, and this is I'm very very excited to to share with you all. So we had a first airdrop that we just started the moment we saw the Apes um, announce the the mainnet. We said, okay, time to to do this thing. We just started it, and we have a bot on our on our Telegram group, and it's it's. It's it's not that easy. I mean, there's a little step to it. You know, you have to you have to know about these things. So you're a bot, or you're just like trying to to farm airdrops. Not gonna work. You have to go into the group, and we have some trivia questions about EOS EBM. It will ask you things like, okay, what's the RPC? What's the chain ID? Um, what's the website? Things like that. So the people that go there and and go through this airdrop, they they either know the, the answers or they have to learn the answers in order to receive this first airdrop. One percent, 
1% for those first 300 users, right? That's all something we said really early. In. Okay, let's do something to just bring some activity. All right, I think what's that's the link? That. What's the link, Esteban? I'm looking on Telegram. I can't find it. I'm freaking out here. Sure, I'll I'll share it. I'll share it in a minute. Maybe someone can can share. I don't want to lose my 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 thought here. Okay. okay. Um, I'll, I'll share the the airdrop thing in a minute. That's for the first hundred three for the first three hundred users. But don't worry, it's, that's just the first one percent. Uh, so that was the first airdrop we did. Um, just talking about the distribution. The second distribution we had was 1.1% to Telos. And we got a lot of, uh, you know, uh, people didn't like that. Uh, we understand why, but I mean, we had to do it because we needed, we needed to be able to keep our users. Like, we didn't want them to go away. Just like, you know, we needed something to test your contract on production with real money and like show you guys that we can keep the money safe. I know it's been like, I don't know, maybe four, five, six months. And the money is safe. We give them a very, very tiny part of our tokens, even the same as a, of, as an airdrop, right? But now we have verified our contracts. We know things work correctly. We know that um, we, we could retain the users because there was some delay that would have uh, resulted in some people saying, ah, there's not going to be a mainnet soon, which is better go to other projects. No, we couldn't let that happen. So we retained our users by giving this 1.1% um, distribution, call it an airdrop if you want to, to tell us. Um, we tested the swap, we tested the form, everything just works great and it's wonderful because, you know, we have to do it. And then here's the great news for everyone on EOS and we have our biggest airdrop coming yet. It's going to be 8%. That's 8% airdrop over tokens. And you don't have to, you don't have to do anything. You just, I mean, you don't have to, to, to buy anything or pay anything. All you have to, we'll share the details soon. We have a very simple process where you send a signal transaction with one cent so that we can see, okay, you have this amount of EOS. You know, we want to see you have EOS. And then we say, okay, we'll, we'll, um, we'll, um, you'll send us a, an address, a, a MetaMask address or EBM type address where we will send you your airdrop. Um, so that's about airdrops. And finally, we have something, one last thing we been working on that's really cool and very exciting. Can I ask you questions about the airdrop first? Uh, let's 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 do questions at the end, okay? All right, all right. <laughs> I okay. won't interrupt you again, I promise. <laughs> it's okay. It's fine. And then we have like one really cool thing we've been working on, and this is a game changer, guys. It was like I know I I was when I first got into into EOS, I was like, okay, I need to create an account, an account. That's gonna be super easy, right? Like I can create an account in. In Ethereum, in a couple of minutes, I download, I download MetaMask and then save the keys and so on. So I'm thinking, oh, it's going to be the same. It's going to be the same for, for EOS, but it was not. It took a little effort. I mean, now that I look back, it's not that, it's not that difficult. And now, now that the community is working really, really hard to improve it. But we have, we have a great solution. We have a, a solution that leaps everyone else in the market. Like, no one else can do... Um, can do onboarding as fast as we're going to be able to do it. So we've been working on a wallet. And this is an EOS EBM wallet, right? And we call it the wallet Fortune Frog. Fortune Frog. It's like, I don't know if you guys seen these frogs in maybe Chinese markets, like those, like, you know, they're in the, in the place where the money is it's being taken or something. It's like, um, you know, they're Fortune Frog. So we're calling the wallet Fortune Frog Wallet. And it's this, it's this wallet that works on EOS EBM. 
and it lets you receive transactions on on uh, EOSBM. I'll say let you send transactions. It lets you swap tokens, and it, it lets you play games. And we built there. You go. That's yeah, yeah. We Rodrigo is sharing the the Fortune Frog thingy. Um, so it's really really cool. But the coolest thing is that there's 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 one billion users on Telegram, right? Actually, close to a one billion. It's like I think it's 800, 900 million. Um, so all of them are onboarded already on EOSBM. They don't have to do nothing. No software download, no RPC configuration, no, no nothing. All they do is like they, they write a command and on telling them they write my address and boom, that's their address. That's their EOSEBM address. Half a second, two second tops, they're onboarded onto EOSEBM. So we've been working on that and we're really, really um, happy to share that with you today. We had actually planned to share this on the third part of the EOS EBM hackathon, but we couldn't not um, submit on time. Um, it was close a little bit early for for you know the changes between Trust Swap to um, I mean Trust EBM to EOS EBM, so we couldn't submit on time. Anyway, um, we're telling you about it today, and we hope to share. I wanted to share the screen to, to show you guys how it do it, how it works, but maybe it's not a good idea to do it now. Maybe I can record some video and share it or, or something like that. So I'll, I'll do that soon. I'll, I'll show you how it works. And it's really, really easy to you. Like, like you, don't have to, you don't have to learn much. It's, it's very, um, what's the word? It just works. And um, um, if you want to give it a try... Uh, you can no, 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 okay. No, no, because I, I know how demos go. It works really well. Like, I, we've been working. Record, record a video and share it. I, I share it. Maybe, I don't know. So let's not, I'll show yeah. you guys when, when, when's the time. Um, so the wallet, it's, it's great. You guys can go to the group and see how it works. It, it just works. And it's fantastic because it does, it's, it's able to onboard people's in, people in the EBM in half a second. Like, you don't have to download nothing. So it, it's great because of that. Um, and we're going to add a few more things. We're going to have NFTs, for example, so you can just receive and send NFTs. And we look forward to collaborate with people on the end, doing NFTs in the in EOSBM. They'll be able to just, you don't have to worry about um, having to build a platform, anything. It just, it just works, right? Um, and then we added MetaMask security. This is really important because right now we store the keys on server, which is obviously not the best not the best type of security. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna improve that security hundred times. So every time you do a transaction, you will have to like a message will pop up on your phone and you will be asked, do you want to confirm this transaction or not? So then the the, the the keys, the private keys are no longer on your server, they're on your phone. And we have we're working on one more game. This uh, you know we have two real cool games. And one is a card game that's it's multiplayer like People can um, can join and get a card, and whoever gets the best card wins. And it's um, verifiable. Um, um, like you can verify that it's honest. Like we're not generating the, the numbers. The numbers are created from hashes in the future. So you you enter the game, and then the the, um, the platform generates these numbers from the future, from future hash, and assign the card. So it's probably fair. It's it's what's called. Um, and the only reasons we can make these games happen is we have these super fast blocks. If we wanted this to, to work on Ethereum, that wouldn't work. Um, and then we're working on one more game, but this is like a more advanced kind of game. 
the, the card games were just a test. We want to see, can we do this? And it just turned out to be so easy. Like, we boiled this, this wallet in a couple of weeks, and then the, the games maybe in, in a week more. So we're going to build another game, and it's going to be, like, really, really, really awesome games. We have, we have amazing ideas for a, for a third game, just trying to, to show all the cool things we can build. Uh, so that's all the things that I can share. And just happy to answer all your questions. That was amazing, Esteban. My God, what a sick update. Uh, apologies for forgetting you on my promo uh, when I made my promo there. Forgot uh, we had you lined up as a guest here today. Uh, but that was great. My God, so many cool things. Always always warms my heart when you share the story that you got introduced to the EOS community through the fireside, obviously. That, that's, a, that's a highlight for me of your speech. Also love the high quality audio that you have now. <laughs> we don't have to struggle to, to listen to you and you can just speak about your experiences on EOS EVM uh, freely. And yeah, that was great. That was a great, um, you've got me super hyped. Uh, airdrop details. Can you share the link to the chat? I'm, I'm sure uh, others here right. want to make sure we're part of the first 300. Let me, let me give me a second. I'm here trying to find it. And then my other question about the airdrop details is that 8% that is going to EOS token holders. Are yeah. you going to also include EOS DeFi token holders? For example, if all my EOS is in the DeFi box vault, Am I going to get credit for that? Yes. For this so, airdrop? Yeah. So you, in that case, you will have some um, some tokens that represent that those deposits, right? Uh, some staked yes. uh, tokens. Yeah, those work yes. as well. You don't have to you don't have to stake. You will just have to send a signal transaction with a really small amount, so we can see we can get that list of the people who want to participate, and then look at the address, see what balance you have, and then check check against the balances of other people, and then just distribute that. 8% um, across all the people. Um, if it, we hope that everyone will participate. We hope to see thousands of people receiving this airdrop. Obviously, if there's just very few people, then we will have to reduce the airdrop. We don't want one person to have too much. Or we want to have like a really fair um, distribution. Um, and so we hope it's 8% and lots and lots of people participate. We will share the details, how it works, and just make it very easy for everyone. Perfect, perfect. Yeah, that has me That has me excited, actually. I'm awesome. excited for an EOS airdrop. What is this, 2018? Like, what's going on? <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, that's great. Love to hear it. Um, another question I had was regarding your... Uh, your game, your, uh, if I understand correctly, you programmed a high card game on the EVM. Yeah. Can we yeah. gamble for tokens with that high so, card game? Okay, so let me let me tell a little bit about that. We, we brought two games. And is the it one is a high, high, high card game, another one we call Fortune. So the high card game, like, you know, it's just like, we have multiple people, entry game, and then whoever gets the, card, the, the best, best card, it just wins the pool, right? And then we have a fortune game that is whoever gets an 888 or an 88 out of the hash of the future wins uh, wins from a from a pool. Um, and those those we, we we cannot keep those for very long. Those were a way to just like okay, let's test what we can do. And obviously we wanna we wanna have something cool to do the first day that the, the ABM launches. We hope people will will join us and 
maybe have a little music or something and play these games and just try to grow our community and uh, show especially yeah, to I show mean, I'm thinking maybe we could run some high card tournaments at the end of the fireside uh, you know using the EOS yeah. EVM for those who show up yeah. maybe we can have yeah. some some EOS or NFT prizes even uh, for sure know, for sure but so that sounds fun we can do we can do all those things but the games will be will be temporary like we don't we cannot keep those there very long you know because then it becomes okay this this these guys are doing gambling or something so it's just like something that will will keep it for a short time to I everyone like it. I like see it. how it works how how it is you know um don't, joins don't us. miss your opportunity to gamble join us right away <laughs> right right so you that's that's that's, that's the early and to have something really cool to do when, when EOS EVM launches, right? Because it's going to take a little time for projects, games, and things to start to, to come. So we want to have something that the, the day the day it launches, like five minutes later, we're going to be gambling. As a, as a small community of friends, Beautiful. you know, and, and with little music and just have a good time. And that's going to last a very short time. And then those functions, the game functions, they're gone, right? But then we're building... We're building a two game. So we're like, wow, we can do so so amazing cool things with technology. We wanna we wanna go to the next step. And we always like we're always following following the lead we have, right? You guys, the lead talks about antelope. Okay, we gotta march towards antelope. How can we create value towards that? You guys talk about IBC. Okay, I IBC, yes. And we start to march that way, right? It's like you the path and we'll march that way. Now you've been talking about a lot of gamify. Gamify. Okay, we'll march that we're gonna build some really cool gamify. Um sort of NES SNES type, type, type of graphics. You know, this, if you guys know Zelda, the Zelda franchise, of course, super popular, like the early franchise. But then on Zelda, the multiplayer giant world, you know, where the um, um in different places of the map you have this. It's a multiplayer, you know, you join with your little Zelda NFT or you, with your NFT into this huge, gigantic world. You, you go in there and then in different parts of the, the world, this gigantic world, um, it starts to spawn coins and starts to spawn monsters and starts to spawn weapons. And then you just start traveling this small world. And those spawns, those are, those are generated from uh, block, block hashes. So you know they're fair. It's not like... We're gonna spawn this coin right next to us so that we can grab the coin and, and cheat the game. No, no, it's it's also verifiably fair that if a sword that's just super valuable spans somewhere, it's because it was generated randomly in a fair way. And and so we have to have this like huge, massive online um, Zelda type game running on EOS EBM. So that's the. That's uh, the last news, and uh, yeah, that's what I can share right now about that. I think I have a demo of it in like a couple of weeks, like something very simple, like a concept, and I'll share the link so people can start get hype of what we're building. And it'll be early on the e, uh, you know, when EOCBM here, it's here. It'll be early mm-hmm. after it. Mm-hmm. All right, awesome. Another round of applause for Esteban. Great work. Pioneering on the EOS EVM. Love to see it. So, Esteban, I didn't want to interrupt you. I, I, I saw when Steph did it, he got pushed back, so I, I waited. Um, did I hear correctly that you plan to deploy like as soon as possible at launch? 
the, the um, all these things. Yeah, like the the swap will be launched as soon as I am aware of the of mainnet, and same with the games and the wallet. If I can, an hour, maybe two hours, it will take me to get everything ready. Awesome to hear. So part of um, what we're trying to do with the, the comms moving forward, what we covered um, in the podcast that will be out next week, is just expectations. Uh, so you may have noticed it's called Mainnet Beta, taking a page out of uh, Solana, and it'll be releasing uh, as point three. Uh, so it, it it's feature complete in the sense that you could do anything that you would expect as an Ethereum developer. Compatibility uh, was the number one priority. But just setting the expectations of we do plan to have uh, certain things launching on the first day, but it may th- there may be other partners coming online over the weeks and months after that. So just setting kind of the expectations on what launch will be. Um, it, it's still going to be fantastic. but. That's why I wanted to confirm with you on uh, the launch date. Maybe we can sync up off offline to do some co-messaging. Um, yeah, so the other thing is I saw Chris asked about the block times. So one second block speed. We, we go into heavy detail of this uh, on the podcast with Arig, the director of engineering for the ENF. He basically helped build EOSIO built the crypto primitives functions specifically for the EVM. And they go into benchmarking half second blocks or one second blocks. Also the um, latency. So whenever you hear half second blocks, you just think, okay, well, half second times two is one second. But it's the way they explain it, it's, there's, more than, there's more latency than just that half second because the, the information still needs to get passed around uh, the entire network and validated. So whenever you do half-second blocks, it's really, to, to do two blocks, it ends up being more than one second, so you get lesser throughput. And then there's also compatibility issues. So if we were to go with half-second blocks, if we ever uh, had a technical innovation for Antelope, for example, uh, if we ever wanted to increase block speed, so let's say we can get blocks down to 0.4 seconds, and this is just hypothetical, that would break the compatibility of the EVM, for example. That was one of the the considerations that were factored in because essentially um, just the architecture of EVM itself, it's built for one-second blocks is the fastest. So if you want to do half-second blocks, you almost need to hack it, and you're essentially packing two blocks into one block anyway, so it ends up being very similar. So wanted to get that out there about the one-second blocks. It's been in uh, some of the messaging we've put out so far, but um, I'm sure this question will come up more frequently as we get closer to launch, uh, mostly because there's another end to the Telos EVM does the half-second block, so was a architectural decision there. Uh, it's fine. We considered it also. Um, but the fact is we have some really good engineers on our team, really, really good engineers. They built EOS.io, which is now Antelope, and they made the, 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 the design decision after weighing out all of the pros and cons between half-second blocks and one-second blocks, they took it very seriously, and they, they went with one-second blocks. So I, I can't wait to have everyone listen to uh, the really good explanations from the engineers on that. But I wanted to um, just put that out there, let you guys know why we're calling it the mainnet beta, um, because we're going to be continuously uh, improving the EVM as we go. Um, one other expectation, it'll come out in the next blog, it'll also come out in the podcast, is 
the bridging component. So there's a trustless bridge between native EOS runtime and the EVM runtime. That trustless bridge is only built specifically for the EOS token. So it will not cover uh, EOS altcoins uh, at launch. And the reason behind that is because, uh, one, there's no token standard for EOS. So that's it makes it more complex. And then the other piece is, uh, on the other side, they'd be treated as ERC-20s, which are also a, a different structure than Ethereum, for example, on ETH, the protocol token. So as far as the EOS EVM is concerned, EOS is Ethereum. And uh, ERC-20s are just treated differently. Uh, that doesn't mean that a third-party bridge couldn't come along. And uh, maybe it's not trustless. Maybe it relies on oracles. So P-Network, for example, if they wanted to deploy their bridging tech between EOS and the EVM, they could do that pretty easily, I would think. Um, but as far as the trustless bridge, the one where you could withdraw tokens off of Binance to EOSIO.EVM bridge or whatever the account name will be, uh, with your Ethereum public key in the memo, then your tokens will just appear in your EVM wallet on the EVM side if you have um, the MetaMask RPC endpoint uh, and your chain ID in your MetaMask. So it that's the coolest part about the bridge, I think, is it completely skips the requirement of creating an EOS account if you don't already have one. Um, and then by the time they access their EOS on the EVM side, everything's gas driven. You just pay EOS for gas per transaction. And that's the typical uh, user experience for uh, most other, other chains that, and their resource models. So it's completely removing a, a layer of friction that we're working really hard to solve on the Antelope side. Um, but it's going to fast track that solution because now for Ethereum applications, Ethereum developers, um, they'll be able to kind of benefit from uh, the better onboarding experience that, uh, I guess, it's not so much that it's better, but it's just what everyone's used to. So I just wanted to put that out there so you don't have to wait an extra week. I don't think that the bridge component with EOS as the only coin at launch has been uh, in any of our blogs so far, but I just wanted to put that out there. Um, but as far as bridging outside of EOS, so let's say from like other EVMs, for example, um, it's highly likely that there will be an EVM to EVM bridge fairly early on in the launch process, whether it's day one or day seven or day 14, I, I can't tell you, but there will uh, be an EVM to EVM bridge. So within the EVM, all of the different uh, altcoins uh, from Ethereum, BSC, Polygon, they'll all be accessible uh, within the EVM. And uh, you saw Eve's tweet thread today. He was putting out a call to action for people to apply for grants, apply in Palmelo. Um, there's a huge opportunity for third-party developers uh, to build different pieces of the uh, foundational infrastructure that is required to make the EVM successful. Uh, we had a big grant approved last week for EVM name service. So similar to Ethereum name service with uh, human readable account names mapped to uh, your Ethereum public keys, or in this case, EOS EVM public keys. So that grant was approved. Um, there's been like old timers, Esteban with TrustSwap and Pomelo in seasons past. Uh, those projects 
are all eligible for grants as long as they meet all of the other Palmelo requirements. So I just wanted to kind of put all this information out there. If anyone has questions, you could ask them now, or you could kind of ping me in the background, and I'll be happy to answer anyone's questions. I got a question. Uh, you, you mentioned, I'm just curious about like the, the relationship or the dependencies between the EOCVM and the and antelope, basically in the antelope bio work that the coalition does. Because I, I recall seeing something from Wax that they are it was like some sort of dependency upon antelope to have their own version of EVM, which I wasn't really, I don't know if it was a typo. I, I don't recall ever hearing about that anywhere else, like that the antelope coalition were somehow going to be tied to individual chains, EVM success. And then the second question, I'm just curious, because of this difference that you mentioned between one second and half a second, I know Telos, their EVM is half a second. So is there a, a risk that some future antelope upgrade will cause conflict or a break between the two versions between EOS's one second and Telos's half a second? So this is hypothetical. There are not currently any plans of changing block speed on EOS or antelope. Uh, I'm not even sure how difficult it would be because uh, part of the half second block speed, the reason it can't go faster, if I recall from during the ICO, had something to do with the speed of light can only go so fast. So it's it's a hypothetical situation in that regard, but it's a technical consideration that was made because our engineering team is always trying to squeeze the most performance and compatibility out of everything. Um, but as far as the Antelope development work and how it ties into the EVM, um, the crypto primitives function that came out in Leap 3.1 is probably the biggest example of that, which I believe Telos is taking advantage of also. That's a huge a function that that offers like pre-compiled contracts uh, to help optimize the EM the EVM speed, um, but that benefits everybody. So anyone and and it goes beyond EVM too. So if you want to do like uh, zk snarks or zk rollups, for example, you could do that on EVM. Or uh, there's an opportunity uh, to bring that technology to EOS or Antelope. Uh, I'm not the person to explain how, uh, but like I said, it's all in the podcast. Um, and I don't want to like stoke any fears that things are going to break on Tello. That's not the case anytime soon. Uh, and it's definitely not going to happen within the next week before the podcast comes out. And if Jesse or any of the uh, Telos core devs need to speak to our engineers about it, that's um, I'm sure they're happy to answer also. Did I answer everything? Yeah, I mean, yeah, no, thanks. Yeah, I, I'm assuming, I mean, I, I'm not coming at it from the place of this, things are going to break, yeah. more just does it create, I, but Denny had a good point, and he said it's actually one second uh, block timestamps, but they have two blocks for the same second. So it sounds like that maybe isn't so different after all. Yeah, I, don't, I really, really don't want to get into a pissing match with Telos. That's like, it, I, I've noticed it in all of the, the tweets and stuff, people chiming in, and it, it's, I've said this on other fireside chats is Telos is not the competition. Like the competition are, are, are much higher in the rankings. Like Polygon, Binance, like if we can compete with them, Avalanche, that that's the goal. Like trying to get into little pissing matches with Telos over block speed, uh, it, it's, it's not the best use of our time. But at the same time, um, I understand from the marketing and comm standpoint, half second block speed it's it's faster than one second. It sounds like it, it, everything would be better. And I would even make that assumption myself had I not 
been spoon-fed all of the information from our engineers. So that's why we spent a good 10 minutes or more talking about this particular topic on the podcast. And then on top of that, we'll most likely be cutting it into a like shorter, more digestible clip for people who don't even want to watch the whole podcast. And it'll also be uh, the reasoning behind it in an upcoming blog article, because we know this is a question that's going to probably come up more so in the wider antelope community than externally. Um, but like I said, we have uh, reasons behind the decision-making. I'm just not the best person to explain it. If you want to wait just like one more week, everyone will uh, get the opportunity to hear it from uh, the architects themselves. I think, I think from a Telos point of view, in terms of like this pissing match, which isn't like, I think what happens though is sometimes when the tweets or the communications come out and EOS is claiming to be the fastest EVM on the market. And I think some of the Telos folks are like, well, wait a minute, aren't they, aren't we kind of the same? So isn't more like Antelope IO allows for the fastest EVMs on the market. And that message is different than EOS is the fastest because then Telos people are like, well, what the hell? I thought we had the same tech. So we're just as fast, aren't we? So I think that's maybe where some of that friction might come from. If we're just as fast, I'm fine with both networks claiming, hey, we're the fastest EVM. Yeah. And it also complicates messaging. It's like, yeah. we're the fastest. And so are these other people. You're adding all of, uh, and, and I don't know. I've never benchmarked Telos. I'm sure once both main nets are up, we'll be able to, like, someone will be able to benchmark if they really want to. Um, but it just hasn't really been a priority to make too many comparisons. It, 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 we more or less respond to it because it gets brought up uh, a lot. And especially now that we'll be talking about the one second blocks more, it's something we're kind of expecting, but uh, <laughs> based on my, this is the more you pay attention to other projects, you'll probably find things like that a lot. There's a lot of things that other projects say, and this is like outside of antelope where they just kind of ignore other projects. And, and it's sometimes an information asymmetry, but I, I don't have a perfect response. We have benchmarks showing the performance of the other EVMs, and we've benchmarked our own. So until like we see data or, or uh, other things produced by a third party, or if their demand was high enough that we'd want to do it ourselves, like we're just going by the data that we have with the swaps per second benchmarking, um, and I'm, I'm, if if Telos wanted to benchmark, I'm, I'm sure they could. But like I said, I don't want to get. I, I have nothing against Telos, and I, I like we all can be successful here. Yeah, I, I imagine first they are going to be probably doing a similar benchmark in swaps per second, so you will will have an apples to apples comparison. But in general, I mean, personally, I get it. Like to those who don't know, like I'm part of the Telos Foundation, I'm on their board, and uh, I, from my view, I fully get why the EOS marketing engine would communicate it as it is doing versus the other big chains because it's to drive attention to EOS. This is a big moment for EOS. EVM has been coming and talked about for over a year now, right? And really longer than that in terms of the need for it. So uh, I, I perfectly get it. But just to your point about some of the other Telos community members, don't be surprised when they like comment on tweets from the ENF or whatever about yeah. EOS being the fastest because they're going to be like, well, we got the fastest too. <laughs> that, that's all. I don't think it's, it's not, yeah, it, it makes it, sense though, right? This has been going on for years. It's going to happen. There's nothing like there's nothing that's going to stop it. Even if like we came to an agreement with the foundation and said, "Hey, 
like let's make sure we're showing unity and we try to as much as we can that doesn't stop community members and random uh alts and things like that from posting that kind of stuff it, it's not going to stop um i don't have a great solution for that it's it's you can't control what people say um, like I say, it makes perfect sense. No, I, I I don't hold it against the e, the EEOS's marketing engine and what you guys are saying. It makes it's perfectly rational. Yeah, I, I'm just the giving other, you the other side and why you get the comments there. <laughs> the other piece to it is the thing that makes it so performant is Antelope itself. And all of the core engineering is DNF. I mean, like we put the crypto primitives in. None of the leap upgrade was funded by the the coalition. The coalition's only funding extras. It's funding wallet SDKs, IBC, and instant finality, and um, a peer-to-peer -peer networking RFP that was just fulfilled by Fudan University, or they just got accepted, let's say. Everything else, and it's millions of dollars per year of engineering, is funded by the ENF. Like, the Antelope is our baby, and everyone else kind of benefits from it because we have a shared vision, uh, the shared treasury for those extras, because everyone benefits from the extras. And the great thing to see is that we're getting more contributors to those extras because that was like the whole idea behind the coalition is to get that collaboration going. Because now instead of the ENF only focusing on poor protocol development, we have Graymass focusing on the, the client side SDKs. We have another team in Origin focusing on really complicated IBC and faster finality. We have a team out of Fudan University focusing on peer-to-peer. -peer. Uh, we have OCI working on, under contract of the ENF. We have as many teams as possible working in parallel towards a common goal, uh, the better off we'll be. So, <laughs> like, we're, we're all kind of working towards the same goal, but yeah. I don't think it should be lost on everyone that, like, the, the product itself is, like, heavily driven by the EOS network. The success of EOS is the success for all of the other antelope chains. Um, and if the other antelope chains are successful, it's good for EOS because then the other chains because of the um the weighted funding that happens with like the coalition for example it's all based on market cap liquidity depth all of that so the higher the market caps of the other chains would get uh the more that they would have to contribute towards the shared treasury in in relation to eos for example right now eos funds uh 100 of the protocol development and 76 percent of the coalition treasury so it's it's an overwhelming amount, but uh, if we're successful, the rising tide lifts all ships. That's why all of the other chains really should be cheering for EOS. Or at least I would like them to. Um, whether or not they will, we'll, we'll see. But we've formed pretty good relationships with Telos Wax and UX. There was a term called uh, "call a petition." When uh, when the block producers started uh, competing for the for the initial spots when the EOS launched, and uh, I think it explains it well. I think I see the way that that uh, it having being in harmonious uh, uh, how it's going to play out is that I think all the chains inside the Antelope ecosystem can collaborate in the core tech. Uh, and the core antelope um, base layer, 
while yeah competition like collaboration and competition <laughs> it's that uh, you know it's it's they can we can all all the antelope chains can collaborate while at the same time people will naturally compete for what their bag is but for what they're that's why i don't expect people to stop commenting people aren't going to stop commenting that's okay we're just going to like ignore most of it address it on the firesides if it wants to come up we're going to over communicate the why i was very proactive uh with arig and Mattias because i knew this was going to come up and i knew that they were the two best people in the world to respond i think once we get the podcast and the next blog out uh we won't have to talk about this as much but if we ever say we're the fastest sure we're, we're probably going to have some people in the comments and that's that's okay yeah i think that's uh that can, that can always be you know um handled within the community so i i i don't see that i i don't think that uh, that's going away anytime soon but um but it's it, it will be always a good uh, a good interesting thing to to see within the within our ecosystem. You know, people will always have be cheering for 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 different uh, platforms, different coins. But uh, at the end of the road, if uh, EOS brings a ton of new market cap into the ecosystem, other chains will benefit. If Wax finds a massive user base on any you know on a new game slash uh, collection that's going to bring probably a lot of interest into eos back as well if telos nails a killer app that brings a shit ton of users that will definitely increase its market cap and make it compete you know eventually with eos but that'll also bring good you know a good interest on what's happening on eos so i see the whole ecosystem um growing together so i do see anyone any single chain success as being a success of the uh, the all the connected chains in antelope but yeah those are my two cents hi guys <laughs> yeah, on top of uh what we were talking about with the coalition and the nf funding engineering the other thing that's like being worked on i, I think this is public um but the pomela team has been trying to uh work with other teams from other protocols for like public goods funding, for example, because a lot of the public goods uh, being funded through Palmelo benefit all antelope chains. So the idea is to, uh, over time, ideally bring in other protocol chain, uh, other protocol tokens and or tokens from dApps that want to support the public goods funding. And that's a lot of what we see in Ethereum on Gitcoin is the majority of the funding is not coming from the foundation. It's coming from uh, a lot of the DeFi applications, for example, um, there's funding from Avalanche. There's funding from all of these different chains leveraging kind of the Gitcoin public goods ecosystem. So that'll be uh, nice to see whenever uh, that's able to roll out also uh, to get, like you said, more collaboration. Yes, I can confirm. We we were speaking with um, multiple potential matching partners from all all different antelope flavors, and uh, we're yeah, really happy to with IBC now being available. That that's now on the table. That's something we can talk about more. And uh, looking very likely that season six next season, we we may see our first side pools with new matching partners joining. So we're really excited about that.
Let's go, Pomelo. Um, should we move on to that topic, or anyone else want to share some thoughts on EOS EVM? I've got a question. All right, Perry, what's up? Uh, I want to ask about the, the altcoins and the schedule for getting the altcoins uh, launched on the EVM. I think I understood you say that they're, they're not initially going to be launched. Uh, and at the same time, I want to congratulate the Shintai team for already building the bridges to BSC and ETH. So for Shintai, for checks, uh, I, I believe this is not going to affect them. But for all the other coins, uh, I think this is kind of a depending on. There's how ways. Go ahead. There's go ways ahead. to bridge. There's ways to bridge without a trustless bridge. So a trustless bridge would mean it's like. I don't know if you'd want to call it privileged, but it's built in a way that doesn't require oracles or any centralized services. That doesn't mean a project couldn't do their own type of transport. For example, DeFi Box deployed to uh, BSC a, a year or more ago, and they didn't rely on a trustless bridge. They used like a, a centralized exchange to do it. But there's other ways to uh, bridge your tokens uh, using uh, either your own oracle or uh, someone else's Oracle. Um, projects could also do like a lockup and mint. It depends on the project and what amount of the token supply they hold. For example, if a project held 40% of the token supply, they could lock 10% on one chain, which would be EOS, and then mint the equivalent number of tokens on the EVM. And because the project are, is the team deploying the smart contracts, it's the same parties on the multi-sig most likely, unless it's leveraging like the BP uh, set, then they could run their own teleporting of tokens. So the, the limitation, like what won't be there is a trustless bridge uh, operated by the protocol. But to be able to bridge your tokens back and forth, it will be possible. It's just not part of the EVM core functionality. At this moment, but did you give a schedule for that? Or are you just saying we have no we have no set dates? There's no set date on that. Um, the engineers would be better to speak on that. Um, the post-launch priorities uh, haven't exactly been set. It's really right now all eyes are on launch. There's a specific scope of work for launch, and all eyes are on that. And that's the hundred. That's the focus of the engineers that are on the EVM project. And at the same time, we're ramping up uh, native antelope development also. As, as the EVM comes to fruition closer to launch, uh, we're rolling off some of our engineers to put them back on antelope because we do plan to have a major release in September, uh, around September. So we need to uh, put more emphasis back on antelope uh, and EOS uh, system contracts maybe also. Um, but yeah, we're not really... It's not the time to communicate what's coming after launch necessarily. Um, I don't have a timeline. I just, uh, from my perspective, I'm only focused on making sure that we launch without any issues on time. Uh, and that's kind of the focus of everyone else as well. So I don't really have probably the answer that you want. Uh, but I bet there will be a third-party bridge that deploys uh, before the protocol were to deploy. Or not the protocol, but before it became part of the the trustless bridge, for example. So there wasn't there wasn't any particular technical reason. It was just a matter of 
Uh, no, there was a technical reason. It's much more complicated. Um, there's no EOS token standard. That, that's part of it. So you have to kind of build things in a certain way because there's no standard. Um, and then on the other side, an ERC-20 is not the equivalent to a protocol token like like ETH, for example, and EOS is the equivalent of ETH. So it's it's technical complexities and wanting to launch the product because everyone's been waiting for it. There's no need to delay any further. We're, we're shipping, and we're shipping on April 14th, and we're going to hit that deadline. So let me put, let me put the question uh, just a slightly different way, maybe more direct. Would, would a coin like Chex benefit at all from all of this incoming Ethereum money on the bridge that you've created? Yeah, I mean, they've already bridged their token to other EVM chains. I don't think Phil and team at Shintai are very technically competent. If they want checks on the EVM, they will get checks on the EVM. The limitations of this trustless bridge will not hold them back. They don't rely on uh, anyone else's trustless bridges to get from uh, EOS to the other chains that they're currently on. So especially Shintai, they are one of the most talented uh, third-party teams in the ecosystem. They will have no problems at all. Um, because they've uh, already for, because Yeah, they've, they've, they've already done it. They've already done it. If you're talking about today, is there going to be money flowing through that EVM to checks? No. No, the money will be flowing to a a burn account. (laughs) A portion of the gas fees are going to be burned. So the main beneficiaries are going to be ES token holders, not checks. I mean, checks can benefit in other ways through network effect and maybe more users coming to EOS and or EOS EVM, but it's not like the EVM is going to be like paying them directly or anything. I don't really understand what you're asking there. Well, I'm just trying to uh, feel my way through the dark here, just trying to understand it, Zach. So thank you very much for an- uh, answering those questions. And uh, yeah, big kudos to the Shintai team for getting ahead of a lot of stuff. Thanks. Yep. And, um... I guess we've talking a lot on this, but um, another reason just to give more color to the um, the token bridge, the trustless bridge, another part of it has to do with the fee model. So as I explained, you'll be able to withdraw EOS from Binance, put a public key in your memo, send it to a, a specific uh, account, and it'll show up in the EVM. There's still EOS resources being spent to make that transaction happen. Because the, the, the centralized exchange is only paying for the transfer from their hot wallet to the bridge account. The, the EVM bridge account to, to wrap the EOS and, and print it on uh, the EVM, it needs to pay for both CPU net, and, or CPU, net, and RAM. So that cost has to come from somewhere. And if you start uh, bridging altcoins, for example, that gets really complicated. How do you pay for RAM or CPU or net with a checks token, for example? You'd have to have some kind of atomic swap happening in the background. And then if you're going to do that, which decks do you do it on? There's just so many uh, technicalities to it um, that I probably wasn't aware of initially either. But the more speaking to the engineers and getting an understanding of the complexities, uh, that's why. But like I said, it doesn't stop projects from... Uh, moving their tokens to the EVM, they just need to leverage third-party bridges or uh, teleport their tokens themselves, like what I believe Chex does. 
Thanks, Zach. Yep. If you haven't joined the TrustSwap Telegram channel yet, come on in there. I'm actually, I've now got a trust, uh, I've got a test EOS EVM account and I'm playing high card with uh, Esteban as we speak here in the Telegram channel. Very, very nicely done, Esteban. I like, uh, I like what I'm seeing so far. Excited to uh, host a high card event for all the EOS community when, uh, when the EOS EVM goes live on the mainnet. Oh, we got Yana in there, Rob's getting in there, Greg. All right. We're going to play some multiplayer games of high card. So I, I don't know if it happened yet. Maybe Chris can speak to it. I think Telos is holding a poker tournament stuff. Are you going to participate in that? Looking right. Where? When? <laughs> I don't yeah, know. You, it's on Twitter. Or Yeah, Chris could probably drop a link. And they didn't tag me. What? Awesome. Thanks for the heads up, Zach. Right. Um, okay. Great. One topic in an hour, fifteen minutes later. Oh boy. I guess. Uh, I guess. I guess this fireside will still be going on at uh, you know at the two-hour mark at five p.m. Eastern when the SOV Invaders game trailer goes live. So we'll actually try to have a watch party in here in the Discord fireside. Uh, see if that works. Not sure if it will. But we'll give it a try at five p.m. Um, until then, we got lots more topics to cover, so let's get into it. Um, maybe let's switch it up a bit, talk about Pomelo Season 5. Donations are live right now, so you can go to pomelo.io and donate to your favorite projects and support them. Um, let's see here, who do we have in the chat? Is, is Martin still around to uh, give us some Pomelo updates? Yep, 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 yep. I'm alive. Yes. Martin's still up late in the Euro time zone for us. Love it. So, what's going on with Pomelo today, Martin? Well, yeah, the donations are live, as you just said. Um, I think we have a good influx of grants already since a week submitting their drafts, and now the donations are floating in. Um, this morning, I, I had the donations announce, the announcement that the donations are open. Big thanks to the bees for swarming the, the, the tweet. I think it's uh, closing in on 400 by now. Last time I checked, it was like 360 uh, retweets and likes, more, a little bit more likes. So if you haven't, uh, go to Pomelo Grants, at Pomelo Grants, and give it a like, give it a retweet, let the word know. Uh, we also had like uh, a nice thread coming out, like uh, talking a little bit about like the general funding of, of the goods in Web3. And uh, yeah. So excited about this. I, I maybe later, like Daniel can share some stats about how many nations already came in and how many grants approved and um, more on that. Uh, later, um, we also have the astronaut airdrop coming up. I think it's just like two hours until the snapshot happens. And then everybody that has moon bases or sets of rare moon vehicles will get their astronaut token. Um, so that's coming up. And uh, yeah, because of that, we reached like a trading volume uh, of 10K uh, with uh, Super Mellow NFTs. That's pretty cool. And uh, yeah, maybe we'll have later some unpacking 
um, activity of the astronaut tokens. So everybody will see how their unique Pumano astronauts going to look like, what kind of traits they got. Uh, so what, what will be airdropped is the Pumalo astronaut token. And this is a, um, a fungible token, but when you unpack it, you can actually get your astronaut, which is one of 1,000 unique uh, Pumalo astronaut PFPs. Uh, we also released uh, an article for all the season NFTs. Let me see if, if that's already shared in the chat. Uh, if not, then I can share it. Scroll, 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 scroll. I will share it right now because like season five is still uh, ongoing. You can mine your crew members. Last week we released like a nice sticker pack uh, featuring all these crew members. And um, yeah, more on that you can all read in, in the article where we have a guide guiding you through the whole adventure of season five NFTs. Uh, end of the week will be the fina finale, so stay tuned. It's going to be exciting. Um, again, shout out to the Liquid team helping us with some pretty cool 3D models. That's going to be like the last and final stage for the, for the uh, season five blends. And um, another thing that came out or went live this week is the Pumalo pitch session sign-up form is now ready that the first grants got approved. Um, I see the first sign-ups coming in. Uh, here's an article that I'm also sharing in the chat with all the things you need to know about the Pumalo pitch sessions. So get in there. I see uh, uh, first sign-ups coming in. And um, as you know, the spots are limited. So the earlier you up the more chances you have to um, yeah get your spot in the pitch session. These are happening in the Korean community, in the Chinese community, and in the English community. Korean and English, uh, both on Twitter Spaces. Um, and the Chinese will be on Tencent meeting for foreigners or people that don't have a WeChat account. This will be on Roof meeting. All the information you can find in the article that I just shared in the chat. And that's it for me. I guess... Um, Talk to you about next with you next week when we have more stats. Yeah, and just about that Pomelo airdrop, I'll be doing that live just at 5 p.m. So in in just about an hour, actually, after we'll be watching the trailer, I'll be dropping those uh, Pomelo airdrop uh, Pomelo astronaut tokens. So if you guys want to unpack them, share what you got, we'll be doing that at the end of the fireside as well. Uh, yeah, I've got some new Pomelo stickers as well on Telegram that you may have seen invading the, the EOS chats. That's been great uh, to see. Um, and, and Daniel Keys, did you have anything else you wanted to share on, on Pomelo Season 5? Hey, hey, hey. Yeah, I can share some very high-level, early, very, very early stats. We just opened this morning for donations. Um, we've... We, we, Always like to get as many grants approved before donations open. So, uh, congrats to everyone who got those grant applications in early. We've got already 114 grants submitted. Uh, 63 of those have been approved already. We've got a few more lined up here to approve. So, if, if your grant hasn't been approved, and you're wondering, hey, what's what's going on? Why haven't I been approved yet? You you may be in the in the back here. I've got ready for uh, ready to approve in a, in a moment. Um, so yeah, we got a pretty good pace going so far. Like I said in the in the chat here, the stickers seem to be popular in the in the Telegram chat. So if you haven't joined the Pomelo Telegram chat, hop in there and and uh, get one of those sticker packs and start sharing them. Uh, in terms of donations, very early still. 
Uh, I just had the bot give me some stats here. Looks like we've had so far 21 donors participating. So pretty pretty small group of people are are diehard Pomelo fans. Um, and they've donated a total of 660 EOS so far since opening for donations this morning. And uh, donations will continue until March. Oh, I wish I had that date on top of my head now. Martin, help me out here. Thank you, Eve. Perfect. March 23rd. So you got, there's still lots of time to donate. And uh, if I'm not mistaken, the 15th, I think, is when you have until to submit to your grant application. We're about to jump up to 22 donors in just a few seconds. All right. I haven't even donated yet. Usually I'm in there really early, but I've been back to back all day doing, doing stuff. One thing, though, I, I mentioned to the team this morning, and this is, again, a testament to the team. So shout out to the great Pomelo team, is how now, now five seasons in, how uneventful almost from, from a operations perspective launching a, a new season has been um you know in previous you know season one and season two it's like oh all hands on deck you know is this thing gonna work make sure everything's you know and there's a lot of running around and making sure everything's going we it seems that we've kind of greased all the gears now and things are just rolling smoothly and i don't i don't even have to really um worry whatsoever that is this thing gonna work uh, it, it today sort of just felt like another day um, which is again big testament to the team and to the fact that you know we're Pamela is becoming a more established, well-oiled machine, and and we're kind of entering into a new phase of now you know tuning it, improving it, um, and and it seems that you know we're, we've proven the model; it's working. People are enjoying it, and um, yeah, really excited for future seasons and and how we can continue to grow this thing now with. Uh, less less focus has to be on let's make sure this thing works and more on let's keep improving and building and making it better. Awesome. Thanks for the Pomelo update and thanks for everyone spamming the Pomelo emoji. Awesome. All right. Yeah. And I guess I'm just going to, if you guys are out here listening to the Fireside chat, you got an extra screen or window, you can browse on over to Pomelo.io, do some donations. I always like to reward the grants that are in there early and, you know, they're ready for day one. And then, uh, you know, those grants that do get support early, if people are, are, are ranking by amount of contributors or amount matched or amount donated, you know, those kind of get up to the top of the list, uh, which is which is good. And of course, there's also the collections that you guys can set up. Um, I'm sure we'll he be hearing more about collections a bit later on in the season. All right. Yeah. Anyone uh, anyone in here who has a has a grant, feel free to share your grant link in the chat right now. Uh, I'll get in there, share my hot sauce grant. I've seen I've seen a couple other grants already shared in the chat. Love to see it. And yeah, thanks for everyone who's been uh, already participating in season five. It's great. And look out for anyone who wants to go even deeper. You know, in my quick little update there, I I just had I just spent an hour and a half with Michael from Biowire uh, talking about Pomelo just this afternoon. And if I'm not mistaken, that's going to be published in the next couple days 
Uh, so stay tuned for a Bywire interview with me talking about Pomelo Season 5 and what's coming ahead for future seasons of Pomelo. Great segue, Daniel. Why don't we talk about Bywire? Uh, let's see, is Michael still with us? I know he was in here a bit earlier. Hmm, seems like he is not here with us at this time, so I guess we'll have to wait a bit for our Bywire update. Oh, one little um, Pomelo quick one that I forgot to mention is uh, last week we had the great idea for the Pomelo speed dating. This is officially now part of the fireside chat. In two weeks we will have like the speed dating, Pomelo speed dating live here. Um, and for this you also need to, I don't even think you need to sign up for, for it in the pitch session sign up form, but signaling your um, interest would be good. So, no yeah. sign-ups needed. Uh, if you want to talk about the fact that you'll be joining us on the far side to pitch your 30-second Pomelo pitch, that's great. Uh, but, you know, we're just going to encourage people to show up to that fireside chat and then we'll go through all of the grant owners that are here. Give everyone uh, a 30-second to pitch their grant to the community. Good, good reminder, Martin. muted ah uh, yes thanks martin yes i am muted of course all right yeah um thanks for that update martin good catch on the uh the pomelo speed dating that's coming up on the far side should be fun um all right moving on to some other topics we got pop token giveaways every week of course if you're out here if you're one of the 60 people out here in discord go to the pop bot chat register your eos account get a pop token drop and then Go over to our blend page and blend your pop tokens into a raffle ticket. So today is the last day to blend your February raffle ticket. It's going to be live until the fireside uh, ends, and then I'll be um, I'll be doing the draw after the show. Uh, I'm also going to be recording the draw. Someone asked me if I could do a recording of it. Sure, I will record the draw and I will upload it here in this voice chat. Um, you know, a bit later on uh, after the show tonight. Okay, what do we have next for topics? Um, I guess we can hit back some more ENF news. Lots of uh, lots of events upcoming for uh, the ENF. Just recently, the ENF, uh, the ES Network Foundation, tweeted about their March conference schedule. Let me share that in here. Allow everyone to retweet it, and let me share that image as well. So here we can see. In the image here, we got ETH Denver going on starting tomorrow. Uh, Liam from the ANF is out there. So if you're going to be at ETH Denver over the next couple of days, reach out to Liam, say hi, uh, meet up with them at the event. That's great. Paris Blockchain Week coming up on the 20th of March in Paris, France. Game Developers Conference also 20th of March, San Francisco, USA. And then 21st, we got the 
DC Blockchain Summit in Washington, and then 22nd, the International Women of Blockchain event in Washington as well. So we've got five events coming up. Uh, Zach coming in here with the chat, sharing that their new events page just went live. Great. I haven't seen it yet. Let me go check that out. Anything you wanted to add there, Zach? Uh, I don't see Val on the call, but shout out to Valerie from the NF on uh, getting this page up. It's it just went live this morning. Uh, it's just uh, we've been sharing our event schedule in, in, in the fall when we started ramping up the conferences. We were relying on graphics and social media posts because we didn't have a custom events page to share all of the, the haps going on with all of the in-person events. So it'll just be easier for everyone to in the community to keep up with uh, what's going on, where we'll be. And also, if it's uh, an event with registrations, you'll be able to register from that page as well. So just a, a nice way uh, to showcase what's going on. I believe at some point, Brandon might know more information on this than I do, uh, about having some kind of uh, way for community events to get submitted as well. But I don't think that process has yet been defined. All right, there we go. New landing page for events. I like it. And Zach, another not necessarily related to uh, blockchain events, but you had a nice tweet earlier uh, in the week ago talking about Yield Plus and how the EOS and USDT TVL continues to increase across EOS DeFi protocols. Let me share this in the chat. Let's get some retweets on this bad boy. Let me share the image. Always love seeing these up and to the right graphics of anything doing with EOS DeFi. Very encouraging. Yeah, so it is always nice to see the up and to the right uh, charts. But on the topic of um, Yield Plus and I guess Recover Plus, there's some conversation came up over the weekend about the requirements. Uh, things are... Uh, as far as the requirements and whether things are a, um, a recommendation or a hard requirement, uh, there will be uh, messaging coming out over the next couple of weeks uh, with uh, the specific framework and rules of the Yield Plus program. So there is a chance that uh, some projects who are currently participating in Yield Plus may become ineligible to Yield Plus in the future. Um, but obviously, we want everyone to uh, get their audits and comply and do all of that fun stuff. So hopefully we'll be able to continue uh, up and to the right. But yeah, it's, it's, it's great to see new protocols joining uh, and reaching the, the TVL requirements. It's only uh, 200,000 EOS. It's a relatively, uh, I guess, low bar for a DeFi project. It sometimes seems high in EOS, but uh, when the conversation came up um, in the ENF Telegram group over the weekend, it was pointed out like in Phantom, the minimum uh, requirements were like a, a, over a million dollars. I believe the number was. Denny shared it. But yeah, it, it's been successful. Um, I'll keep tweeting stuff like that uh, because I don't see anyone else doing it. So I will do it because I like talking about this. I like looking at the analytics and yeah, good news. And good news for all, uh, or for, for DeFi box holders, we'll have access to the uh, uh, swap airdrop that Esteban was talking about. That's great. 
Will Yield Plus be cross-chained with EOS EVM? Yes, DJ Striker Nova. Yield Plus will be available to DeFi protocols that deploy on the EOS EVM. So we expect that, and that's been planned all along from what I understand. And so I definitely expect this, uh, this yield boost to incentivize projects, you know, DeFi, EVM, DeFi projects to deploy on EOS. Yeah, absolutely. That, definitely that, exciting that. time. Yes, but not like, once again, setting expectations. There's like Denny could speak to how all of the oracles and time swap or time-based uh, measurements happen on the EOS side. Um, there is still smart contract development. There's work if we want when we want to deploy Yield Plus on the EVM side. That will not be available at the time of launch, just to be clear. Good clarification. But eventually, yeah. that's the plan. Yes. I mean, it was detailed in the blue paper. That is one of the ultimate goals. Um, but then the other factor is the bridging. So... For example, USDT, uh, that's been a discussion. That's probably the most important uh, token to get, not just in the EOS EVM, but also to the other Antelope chains. Because right now, um, the Antelope IBC is very similar to uh, what we're talking about with the EOS and EVM bridging. You could deploy your own IBC contract and swap your uh, pro any token between like Telos, Wax, EOS, um, but there, there's the white, the, the privileged contract, the official contract. It's only supporting um, the protocol tokens. And like in that example as well, USDT has come up multiple times as being the one altcoin uh, we really want to get into the other chains or in the case of the EVM, the other runtime. So that's another thing to factor in is at launch, uh, due to the nature of uh, the trustless bridge only being for EOS, um, the majority of uh, stablecoin liquidity on the EVM is most likely to be um, the Ethereum version, maybe some of the other chains, but most likely Ethereum uh, because of the EVM to EVM bridging. It'll be the, I mean, there's $80 billion of Tether and only $80 million on EOS. So there's a lot more Tether externally. So a few things need to happen before uh, Yield Plus can launch on the yeah, EOS EVM. So I'm glad it came up because that clarification is important uh, just to set expectations. Uh, Denny, are you able to kind of add to like what specifically would need to be built and like the Oracle systems and how it's just different uh, on the EVM side? Not sure if Denny's available today. All right. Well, I surely can't explain it. So is he still muted? Oh, I still have him server muted. Maybe I could unserver mute him, give him a there, chance. There you go. Yeah, I was said <laughs> muted. Um, yeah, there's definitely some some tech required. So it was already scoped out, but there was also like requirements of on the EVM side that we needed to have uh, specifically for the tether and non the non native tokens. So for the native token, it's actually relatively straightforward. Uh, and that's like going to be the, the EOS amount. So that's the technical barrier is pretty low on that. The technical barrier is a lot higher if we get into the ERC-20. Because right now you have to do a view on... So EOS, the EOS mainnet needs to see your ERC-20 
uh, token balance on, on the uh, EVM side. So there's some complications there. But um, once, once EVM is rolled out, um, we're definitely going to you know, work towards uh, implementing a, a Yield Plus implementation for EVM for sure. It just won't be available on the day of launch, but we'll work towards uh, implementing Yield Plus uh, for the DeFi projects on the EVM. It's coming. It will be coming. Excellent, excellent. All right, uh, moving on, we've got, of course, our Road Past 10K promo. It's still ongoing uh, right now until the end of March. So we changed it up a bit because we blew past our 10K goal. We're up to almost 13K members in this Discord server. Uh, just a reminder, you guys, there's actually pretty solid prizes up for grabs if you're able to invite someone with your personal link into the server and they stay, uh, you know, until the end of the month. Um, top five, get 25 EOS each for inviting people. Right now, the cutoff for that top five leaderboard is only four invites. So definitely easy to get there. Top 25, get four pop tokens each. So that's one month worth of joining these firesides if you just... Right now, invite at least one person to the server. And then everyone who, who invites at least one person gets uh, one pop token as well. So get out there, generate your, your private link, and uh, share that on social media. Invite your friends over. Earn some, uh, earn some rewards for doing so. All right, another, another update recently. Um, leveraging... Uh, the Antelope networks of both Telos and EOS. We got the Boyd Frontier testnet that is now alive. So let me share a tweet from them here. Um, we've had J John on the fireside explain a bit about how this would look like a few weeks back. Basically, while the code does run um, on Telos, you can simply make an account and connect your EOS account and withdraw your earned tokens to your EOS account. So one of the first applications actually, uh, or, or recent application that I've seen, you know, leveraging more than one Antelope network to run their application. Of course, Boyd is a um, program that rewards people who use the Fold at Home app. That is, you, you, you do computations on your computer to advance various scientific problems. Um, so very interesting. Boyd was one of the first apps to launch on EOS way back when, and it's great to seeing them continuing to improve their platform. So check out the tweet thread, create your account, mine, do some scientific calculations for the benefit of all humanity, get rewarded in Boyd tokens, and then withdraw them to your EOS or Telos account. There you go. I have a question about that. Um, cool. I'll try to answer it. This is Zach uh, from EOS, but Zach with an H, not a K from the NF. But um, so my heat went out uh, in a winter storm in December. And so I started doing folding at home to <laughs> generate heat. And I tried to set up Boyd, but I couldn't find an invite code. Like, how do you get those? Good question. Um, I don't know if Veronica is still with us. Maybe she can... Uh, answer, but I'm sure if you join the Boyd Telegram group, you'll be able to find a code on there. I'll share the link here to the Boyd Telegram. 
in the chat. Holding at home for heat. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> um, yeah, my heat's fixed now. Don't worry. But uh, I ran out of diesel fuel. That's what it was. It was like a million dollars a gallon at that time. But um, it's all good. I got that filled. So thank you. There you go. Yeah, so you can join their Telegram channel. I'll, I'll sure they'll get you. Uh, they'll get you in there. Anyone else here using Boyd to uh, earn some rewards and contribute to humanity? I was using it uh, for a while. I haven't been on in a bit, actually. Probably should come check out this new Boyd Frontier testnet, actually get back into the Boyd game. Drew Block says his computer can barely handle Discord. <laughs> probably can't handle Boyd. Although there are, uh, I, from what I remember, there are definitely limits that you can set of how crazy you want Boyd to go with your computer. I remember the different uh, Boyd teams. They, they, these were fun. US Nation right. had a cool team. We were like ranking <laughs> pretty high yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. We were at the top of the leaderboards <laughs> at one point. I know, I know Matthew was running some of our servers for Boyd uh, while we had extra server capacity. We're able to uh, <laughs> rise up the ranks of the Boyd competition. That was fun times. And a lot of community members joined their team as well. Uh, yeah, definitely fun. It's a fun contest. All right, Lewis, going in to try Boyd. Good luck. Good luck, sir. Tell us how it goes. Uh, all right, another uh, quick update here. EOS Respect holding their elections on March 6th. Let me share uh, some links for everyone. So EOS Respect is a fork of Eden, if you will. Uh, organized by the EOS support crew. And the purpose of the EOS Respect community is to audit Pomelo grants. Very relevant now that Pomelo Season 5 is going. So there's some requirements in there if you want to become, uh, if you want to join the EOS Respect, if you want to run to become elected as a delegate. Uh, you can find out all that information there in the article I linked. And basically, yeah, their their purpose or one of their purposes is to, you know, account for how funds were used by an affiliated Pomelo project and basically, you know, help, uh, help the community audit uh, all these projects to keep our Pomelo projects accountable, which is great. We love to see, we'd love to see that. So if you want to join the team, uh, it's still still available. You can um, you can message uh, Bishop or anyone else from the EL support team to uh, to join. Let me see here exactly what Bishop told me. Yeah, you can email contact at eosupport.io if you're interested in joining. There you go. Yeah, and um, I went through the process becoming a member of ES Respect because I just wanted, I was interested in, to, in the auditing of Pomelo Grants and uh, seeing how their process works. Um, and uh, one of the EOS Respect funded projects is actually EOS Audit. So that's like basically one spin off of EOS Respect. And the way I understand EOS Respect so far is like 
you go in there, you, you have an idea, you have a project, and you show uh, how you're making your progress and therefore get higher in the elections and then get more funding distributed. And EOS Audit is one of the most prominent there in the ES Respect community. And shout out to Tian. I think he's leading this initiative. I'm not sure. I saw him earlier like in the chat, I think. There you go. Thanks for sharing uh, your perspective on that, Martin. Yes. Gavin, let's go. Let's talk SOV Invaders. Awesome, man. Thank you. I, I appreciate it. Hopefully, um, hopefully my son's occupied enough right now to give us a little bit of quiet time. Um, but I'll, I'll kind of go into a little bit of the game and then I'll, I'll let you guys ask any questions if you'd like when I'm done. But it's, it's pretty cool. Um, it's, it's definitely not just a simple, straightforward game. Um, it's, uh, it's a real time strategy, but it's more kind of like chess. I would say, even though chess is turn-based, this is, is real time. So it's not turn-based, but everything's done kind of like, um, one tile at a time. Like you move your unit one block, you move it one block. You could move it more than that, but you know, obviously you'd need a, a transaction for every for every move. So you'd have to do some type of script. Um, but what's really cool about it is there's some things that are really innovative about this game that I don't think that we've actually seen anywhere else. Um, for one, just having a real-time strategy on chain is, is pretty darn cool. Um, but what else is really cool about this is, is it uses NFTs for almost everything, almost all the in-game assets, the buildings, the unit types, everything, are NFTs. And what makes this even cooler is we decided to take this uh, uh, next level and we basically made every single NF NFT type uh, its own relay. So it's like it's every single one of them has its own Bancor relay. It's a lot like if you would compare it to RAM. So, so all of them are going to start, all the NFT types are going to start at a certain price and then they can never go below that. And there's always going to be liquidity in the contract. So anytime that an uh, NFT is, is minted, the game, SOV stays in the contract unless somebody sells the NFT back to the, the market maker or if they have it in game and somebody else destroys their building or their unit, i.e. Their, their NFT, um, basically on the back end is what happens is the NFT gets sold to the automated market maker and the SOV proceeds go to the person who destroyed the, the NFT. So that's pretty cool. So it's a, a play to win sort of situation. You go around, you build units, and then you attack other stuff. And you know, if you successfully destroy something, then you get the value of that NFT. And uh, what's really interesting about the, all the different NFTs having their own relay is they're all going to be dynamically priced. So every single different thing, um, say you have like four species, so you have tanks for all the species, but each species tank is different. So the human tanks are going to be their own market, the the Reptos tanks are going to be their own market. The, the gray tanks are going to be their own market. So with those fluctuations, you're going to see interesting um, game theory on what should be attacked um, to make the most money, to be the most profitable. Also, another thing that's really interesting about the game is um, you can earn passive income with it as well uh, by building collectors. And the collectors basically sit back and, and generate uh, SVX, another token that we made for our, our decks. It's a utility token. Um, so that's pretty cool. So you can just basically build collectors and towers and stuff and just try to protect stuff and kick back and earn SVX and then also earn anything whenever your towers destroy another player's uh, unit if they're trying to attack you. 
you could just like go to sleep, wake up, and you know have a bunch more SOV. Your base could get wiped out, and you could actually be profitable <laughs> if your defense units uh, take everything out in the meantime. Um, so that's pretty cool too. And then we have another thing that's interesting. Um, basically, it's it's a we have a couple different bot prevention measures because anything like this, I mean, you're obviously going to have to worry about bots. This is a persistent game. So it doesn't, it's not like a, a death match or anything. It's, it's persistent. It's constant. It's its own little universe. It, it doesn't turn off and turn on. It, it just stays. Um, that's, that's pretty cool about that. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot of interesting concepts that I don't think have been completely done. Oh, I'm sorry. Back to one of the bot prevention things that we do. So, so one of the things that we did to prevent bots is there's like a small fuel fee. We have it kind of built into the lore. Like if you move your units, you know, normally you'd have to pay some some gas or something, or you'd have to fuel up your truck. So we have people paying a little bit of SOV uh, to move their units, to attack, to do those kind of things. But anything that the game generates as far as those SOV fees that are paid, we don't keep that. That doesn't go into our pockets or anything like that. That's actually all burned. And it's whenever you mine SVX, you, you burn SOV, but all that SOV that's used for the actions is then burned to mine SVX that's also um, distributed to the owners of the collectors that build the, the collectors and stuff. So there's, there's some interesting interesting concepts in the game. Um, but you could probably go on a lot more. <laughs> there's a lot of stuff going on with it, but I would be um, you know very open to answer any questions that anybody has. I mean, that sounds amazing, kind of. All of the things that I enjoy in gaming and blockchain kind of all wrapped together definitely definitely have my attention. I'm a big fan of real-time strategy games, StarCraft, Warcraft, Age of Empires, all that stuff. Yeah, it, it, we definitely got a lot of our inspiration from classic real-time strategy games. Um, the one thing that I want everybody to know right now just to, to kind of um, keep expectations in line correctly is we don't have it in like a, a gaming engine yet. So it's all pure JavaScript, HTML5, CSS, um, and everything is like one tile at a time. So it's not, it's not going to have um, animations and everything like that. So you got to keep that in mind. That is part of the next process that we're doing. I'm, I'm right now I'm looking into different um, gaming engines to port it into um, on my end. But um, this is all open source. Um, Everything is completely open source. Uh, the contracts are all up and available. We haven't raised any funds for this or anything. It's just a complete gift to the community. Um, so yeah, I hope I hope everybody likes it. I hope everybody has fun. But I think everybody. Somebody asked about the UI. The UI is pure JavaScript, HTML5, CSS right now. No framework. And so, so you said it's a persistent game. I, I wasn't actually aware of that. I kind of lo- started looking into this uh, this week yeah. a bit. So does that mean everyone plays on the same map? Yes, everyone plays on the same map, and the game never shuts off. Wow, I've definitely got to build up my base there. Sure. <laughs> it, I mean, it's pretty cool, man. And, and one thing that one thing that you might see us do in the future, you might see us put up some Pomelo grants uh, for this, because for one, it's all open source, and anybody can use this. There's a lot of logic and code that can be very, very useful. Um, but for another, that any time that we expand the game universe have to pay ram so there's there's a there's a pretty solid i'm sorry my son's in the background gabriel no no there's a pretty no solid cost there's a there's a cost when it comes to expanding the game so the more people that play the more that we're going to have to pay to expand the the game map and that's basically ram so you'll probably see us putting some pommels we'll reference the the open source contracts but most likely any of the funds that we raise for this would be used for 
use for that. Use for expanding the game, and maybe even if if we got overwhelming support, I could see us possibly um, maybe putting it in a, a different engine or something like that through that. But but yeah, man, it's um, it's pretty cool. We got a I got a a, a trailer going out a premiere at five p.m. Um, somebody can share the link to that again. Um, kind of hands are a little bit full. Yeah, I'm um, going to try to actually watch it live with everyone. I'm going to share my screen. Okay, I want to I want to keep it, I want to I want to um, get expectations in line on this as well because the the trailer doesn't have any gameplay in it. Um it's it's like it's a lore trailer. So we built the lore and everything for this game. So there's like a complicated universe history for all the different races and the backstory and everything. So what I went ahead and I did, I made a, a video with the main lore story. It's it's like seven minutes long, guys. So sorry if it's okay. a little bit too much. But it's it's a video. It's it's um, narrated. It's got like vocoder effects and all sorts of cool stuff. And you know, it's neat. I think I think it'll be entertaining. And then it'll also explain the the lore of the universe and why things are the way they are. Why we're using SOV. Why SVX is in the game and all that kind of stuff. But very cool. I think it's fun. I, I think that. Um, game i don't think there's really anything like this on other blockchains nothing that has like the nfts built-in liquidity to avoid rug pulls to have a real-time strategy with a persistent game like this on blockchain i mean you definitely need eos or a, a very performant blockchain to do that but what i see for this as well is if i see a lot of potential for this getting other people to use eos because it's a fun game um people could potentially make money playing it um, and it's it's definitely something that would be fun to to introduce people to EOS with. And I think it has a chance to help grow the community. Um, but yeah, um, and just to let you guys know, we're probably going to be launching it officially in about three weeks. Is the official launch right now? I mean, it's it's on the mainnet. It's live. You could technically, you know, find the contract and go out there and play it. But I, I wouldn't recommend you guys do that because we're still tweaking some of the in-game mechanics. Um, also, everything is going to be wiped before we officially launch it, and all the units cost SOV now. So you're going to be, you know, you're likely going to lose your SOV or the money that you spend to play the game if you play it now. Just to can, just to can keep we that please in mind. have the link that we're not supposed to try out right now? Uh, yeah, yeah, sure. I get Lewis it. has hold been hold asking on. for it about uh, once every three seconds since we <laughs> Let me pull it up. I have a, I have my own internal version up right now. I got to find the GitHub one. There we go. Let me share it. Awesome, yeah. Sounds uh, sounds very uh, very interesting. Like I said, kind of hits all of the things that I'm interested in in terms of gaming and blockchain. Just all smashed together. Um, yeah, looking forward to, to getting in there. I'll, uh, I'll I'll donate some SOV or whatever I need to kind of build some uh, try out the game awesome. in this beta phase. And you know, even if it gets wiped or if there's bugs or whatever, I, I won't be sad. Um, and and join join our Telegram group. I'm sure you're already in there. But if if you do happen to find any bugs or any issues, just you know let us know. Um, and and yeah, man, we're we're really excited about it. We think it adds a lot to the community. We think it adds a lot to EOS in general, and it should be something fun for us. You know, that's all to do. We can we can uh, settle our differences on the the galaxy battlefield, so to speak, on the little moon that we have there. <laughs> so, oh, that's awesome. So the link is sovspacegame.github.io for those of you out there who want to go try it out. Why is it called the FTX Arena? LOL. Well, you can you can name all your you can give all your NFTs your own nicknames that you want. So if you want to name it like NFT Arena or we had man before we we had to wipe it a couple times while we were playing but we had some pretty wild names on it before I'm kind of glad none of those are are on there right now 
but yeah, man, you're you're pretty you're pretty open to name your NFTs whatever you want, man. That's it's your awesome. NFT, it's your property. So if you want to name it crazy stuff? That's on you. Awesome. Oh, that's great. That's great. Thanks. Uh, thanks for coming online and thanks for having me, guys. With us. Looking forward for you to come back when you officially launch the game in a couple of weeks. And as for the trailer, I didn't, to be honest, I didn't realize it was a seven minute lore trailer. Maybe we won't watch it just now in the middle of the fireside, but I'm definitely going to watch it at the end of the fireside. So when we wrap up the fireside here, we'll, uh, we'll wrap it up with a watch party for those who want to, who want to stay for that. Talking about games on EOS and GameFi, uh, coming up in the world of EOS, world of, uh, of blockchain in general, seeing more and more posts about GameFi. Uh, Polygon, I think, recently announced that they're kind of pivoting to be focused on GameFi, etc. So it definitely feels like the space is heating up. Great to see new games launching on EOS like SOV Invaders. There's also, of course, Upland, one of the most popular blockchain games in all of the universe, runs on EOS. And to be honest, I, I went on their um, their blog page recently, and they're, they're pumping out events every single week. It's a really active community. They're doing really great stuff. So I figured I'd give them a quick shout-out here uh, on the fireside. For example, um, Genesis Week early, uh, early Bird Sale for uh, Las Vegas? No, I'm not sure. No, no, I'm not even sure. Um, oh, for the Las Vegas uh, conference, there you go, which starts uh, later this year. Anyways, check out the details here. I'm going to share a couple articles if you want to go check out some of the upland activities that are going on this week. There's a uh, fundraise for the um, the earthquake relief in Turkey and Syria. Uh, what they do is they create new block explorers that are only purchasable during this time and you know all the funds go to uh, charity so that's great and then there's also the february spark week which from what i understand allows you to just earn more rewards uh during these these bonus weeks so lots going on on upland good to see a vibrant gamefi ecosystem uh you know growing on eos All right, what else do we have here on the list? We're coming up on two hours. Only a couple more topics left. Uh, is Aaron still with us? Perhaps wants to give us some updates on the Gray Mass February update? Sure, I am still around. There you go. Had to spin back around. Um, I think there's a pretty common theme going on in a lot of our stuff right now and a lot of that is localization and just expanding accessibility of you know the products that really make this network tick um anchor the recent update uh within the last week or two some <laughs> some of you on ios may have unexpectedly been forced into chinese which we tried to fix as quickly as possible um but we have now successfully released the first version on ios and android that is fully translated um It'll just load into your native language. Uh, if you need to change it, I think there's an option to do that as well. Um, and going through this process, we learned a lot about what it takes to make this happen. It's it's a lot more administrative work than I think we anticipated, both well and technical work. Um, so right now we're kind of in the process of setting up our entire 
suite of everything to be localized, whether that be websites, support materials, Anchor, Unicove, uh, all the other projects we work on, SDK-related as well. So that's our big push right now. Um, that's what our Pomelo Grant's about as well. Um, and that was the big focus of the update we put out in February. We're going to continue to keep pushing on these systems and making it so that it doesn't take so much effort to pull this off. Um, we're also kind of learning through Anchor how we're going to do this for uh, Wharf as well. Uh, there's an update in the February update that covered Wharf a little bit. Wharf has kind of its own update schedule, um, but that's also coming together really nicely. Just within the last week, we kind of showed off how that will be translated. Um, again, it's this inclusivity and inclusion of everybody speaking every language in every part of the world being able to use this technology that has been a big part so far of this year, um, at least in terms of release. So that's kind of where we're heading with this. All right. Awesome. Thanks. Uh, thanks for sharing that update with us. I know the Asian community has been looking forward to uh, some localized language options for them on Anchor. Great. Great to hear that it's finally here. It's going to be top to bottom when apps start integrating Wharf and like do wallet integrations as well, which will be a pretty good experience, we think. So, you know, you're every app you use will be in that language so long as like the actual app itself uh, also supports that. So like if we get Pomelo translated and Pomelo uses Wharf and then they have Anchor with localization, like you could have a full end-to-end multilingual experience in your native language. Beautiful. Yeah, I was thinking about that as I was reading your grant application. I'm really excited for that. Again, we, Pomelo is already translated into, it's offered in English, Chinese, and Korean. Um, and the, yeah, wallets are, are always a challenge there. And we're happy to see yeah, with, with Anchor, we'll hopefully get more and more of, of the broader community using Anchor in their native languages. That's awesome. I, I really should have known that because I just submitted that not too long ago and there was the Korean and the Chinese fields. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we do everything in all those languages. We understand the, uh, yeah, there's extra effort in in uh, doing all that localization, but we think it's worth it. Uh, we've been Absolutely. doing that since season one. Uh, we, especially in, the, in this EOS community we have here is huge, huge international community, people all over the world. And um, yeah, cool to see that you've got Spanish lined up there on the list too. Of, of That's probably going to be the next one we, we have to consider adding support for. Definitely. As a community, we should all try to coordinate languages as well, um, just so that way we stay, you know, we can create that cohesive user experience. I don't know how, but <laughs> the idealist in me thinks that'd be great. All right, let's check out uh, the community forum, see if we've got new, <clears throat> new questions for this week, or if anyone else wants to jump on here, share uh, an update, a question, a comment, open mic for anyone. Let's hear it. Yeah, I'll jump in real quick. This is Jesse with the bees. 
everyone. Thanks, yeah. And, thanks yeah. for coming. Um, thanks, Steph, for the uh, mention in the beginning of the call. I just wanted to take this a brief moment to share uh, a great milestone for EOS on the social media side of things. So we look at uh, two types of uh, metrics. One is social mentions, and one is called social engagements. And this is from uh, Lunar Crush, which is the leading um, tool to track uh, uh, social men uh, mentions on Twitter. Um, and so social mentions are um, unique hashtag EOS. So a tweet, a quote retweet, a comment, those are social mentions. Social engagements are social mentions plus all of the uh, retweets. And we had a great milestone today that we reached a two-year all-time high for social mentions. And this is uh, 4.2 thousand uh, mentions. And uh, uh, last week was pretty much tied for uh, all-time high for social engagements at 16.23 million. And obviously, there's a lot of um, a lot of activity. There's a lot of great stuff going on. EVM is um, people are very, very excited about it, obviously. Um, but just to give you a, a little um, relative comparison, uh, Bitcoin for social mentions, uh, their local all time high is 500,000. And so 4,000, 500,000. So we, we got a we got a long way to go, but um, I, I'm excited to share um, in my pitch um, this data that we're seeing um, in terms of uh, possible correlations uh, between um, market cap and um, social sentiment stats. This was something um, you know I, I didn't write a blue paper before starting the bees. Um, it was just kind of a gut feeling that this was the case, and over time we have. Um, you know, the more time that goes by, the more data we gather. Um, we've got around uh, 15 months of data, uh, and we're officially tracking seven different cryptocurrencies now. And over time, um, both quantitative and on the qualitative side, we're seeing that um, the initial gut feeling um, is becoming um, more correct over time. And it's still a correlation, um, you know, when, when you, whenever you're talking about you know market cap or digital asset price movement, it's uh, there's a you know uh, infinite amount of uh, factors that go into that. But great milestone for EOS today, and and uh, well, really this week since there's been a lot of great um, tweeting about the about the EVM. So congratulations, everyone. Um, we'll be here for all of the great stuff of EOS to amplify it. And uh, and and by the way, just um, the social mentions. It's it's great to kind of see that because um, this is kind of correlated with um, the comments that we've been doing, and so um, our comment system it, it's been um, it's been difficult. Um, we're still kind of running through the kinks here, but um, it, it is growing, and and this is reflected in, in the statistics. So um, um, thanks everyone. Um, c congratulations to the Pomelo team for launching today, and of course the ENF and. Uh, yeah, just looking forward to uh, continuing to see all the other great stuff coming out there. Thanks, Jesse. And thanks uh, for all the great work you do with these. So there's no new questions on the community fireside chat 
Google form. If you're out there, if you're listening to this on the replay and you want to submit a question, but you can't join us live, you can do that through that Google form, which you can find the link uh, on our socials, in the comments, below the video, etc. So definitely get out there, share your questions, comments, a topic you want us to talk about. All right, final quick hitter here in terms of news. We've got new decks listing UTX on their platform, which I imagine is a result of the IBC now allowing UTX and EOS to be uh, teleported cross-chain. So that's always nice to see. Good to see new decks. Some updates from new decks. And uh, yeah, if anyone else has anything else they want to share, uh, jump on in. And if not, I think we're going to take a look at the SOV Invaders trailer in just a bit. SOV Invaders origin story video. SOV Invaders real-time strategy play-to-win game coming to an official launch on EOS soon. That was awesome. Hopefully, I got some time tonight. Get out there and build my base. That was great. Shout out to the team at SOV uh, for, for doing this cool video and building this great game. Uh, yeah, very cool. All right. We're going to wrap it up there, everyone. Uh, thanks for joining today. Hope you have a good day. Hope you have a good week. We'll be back next week, of course, with some more exciting EOS updates. And uh, until then, one, two, three, go EOS. Go EOS. Yes, baby. Yeah, baby, yeah. Absolutely. We love you, we love you.